Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink focused podcast um, brought to you from San Diego Magazine. I'm Aaron Chambers-Smith with the magazine. I've got Troy Johnson here. He's our food critic, uh, but writes about all kinds of things for us as well. How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to finish up this video article so that I can, can, I can talk about something else. <laughs> this is the week, right? You're going to tell everyone what the best is? Not today. Oh. No. But, but this air, you know, this airs. This airs next Wednesday. I know, but I still can't do okay. it. <laughs> I, I can literally oh, have sorry to go. if you listened last week. I literally and I told have to go to seven restaurants after we look Oh, closed. that's right. You're, you're still doing it. We okay, totally well, just gave hope and took it away. <laughs> go to the website. I was trying to make this happen for you all on the podcast, but I'm out of tune a little bit. Um, but so go to the website and yeah, that'll be on there. Um, David Martin is here as well. He produces this show. David's the guy to call if you would like to uh, sponsor or, you know, be a part of the show, have us come out. We've got a lot of really cool st- stuff set up for this summer. Um, we're going on site at, at a lot of cool places around San Diego, and we just have some great partnerships and stuff coming up. So call David Martin at the magazine. He's also our resident beer guy. Um, helped us with today's awesome special guest. Uh, we have Alex Pearson, the founder of Amplified Aleworks here. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, we've got a whole segment with you coming up about halfway through the show, but feel free to, to pipe in. Um, if you guys haven't listened to our show before, we always start with hot plates, that sort of newsy stuff happening in the restaurant scene. Uh, and then, like I said, we will go in depth with Alex Pearson. We'll hear all about how um, Amplified Aleworks came to be. Um, Valentine's Day is our hot topic. Um, hopefully, we can help you guys, I don't know, find some good places to go for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Good ideas. Or yeah, tell everybody not to go out for that Valentine's Day, which yeah. I'm going to do. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So um, we'll give you our tips um, and tricks for, for cool Valentine's stuff. And then we always end our show with two people, 50 bucks. That's sort of our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately. David is going to do hot plates today. Take it away, my friend. All right. So Cardellino is now open in Mission Hills. It's a new Italian-American restaurant from the team that runs Fort Oak because they can't stop doing restaurants which is all right <laughs> with me. But it went where the space where Brooklyn Girl was on Goldfinch. Troy, I believe you got the first look here, didn't you? I did. I sat down with uh, Chef Brad Wise and um, his owner partner, Stephen Schwab, who runs the front of the house. And we talked a lot about what makes these, this restaurant group special. Um, I, I questioned, highly questioned, their, their decision to double down in Mission Hills. I mean, we've seen a lot of carnage in Mission Hills. You know what I mean? Obviously, Brooklyn Girl, which just went out in that massive space that they're taking over, is one of the casualties across the way is is the patio, um, which just went out. Obviously, that is tied to allegations of fraud against the um, owner of the patio group. A lot of the patio is just closing, period. But how much you know, like space does Mission Hills have? It's a little sleepy. So I reached out to a bunch of different restaurateurs, and I was like, what, what do you think? Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? A lot of them said, no, I would never do that. But if, <laughs> if there's one group that can pull it off, it's the guys from Trust and Fort Oak. I mean, these guys are, are, they are firing on every, every cylinder. I mean, and the front of the house is immaculate, you know, I mean, they, they nobody moves in, an, in the opposite direction in their service staff. They all go in a singular direction. So you don't feel any kind of chaos in their dining room. You know, Chef Brad Wise mm-hmm. has got a team now that's just absolutely crushing it. And this space has to be an all day space. Brooklyn Girl was not. It was a, a, a um, dinner restaurant after a while. And you have to, if you have a Space that big. You have to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're going to do Mr. T- um, Trusty ice cream out the window. So as soon as <laughs> nearby school, I forget the name of it now. I want to say it's Clark, but I'm, I think that's wrong. No, Grant. 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 I'm sorry. Grant. Thank you. And St. Vincent's. Yeah, Grant and St. Vincent's. As soon as that school bell rings, they're going to open up that ice cream window. Oh and Mr. Trusty um, and Jeremy, the, the pastry chef, who's a really talented pastry chef, has just got a bunch of different flavors. He's going to serve ice cream out the window. Okay, so I went the other night. Just mm-hmm. randomly, we ended up, we were in the neighborhood and we Jenner and I went in on a Thursday um, and I had the soft serve 
and it was Captain Crunch flavor. And it was oh. amazing. The, I, the soft serve was Captain Crunch flavor, and then there was crushed up Captain Crunch, like they like they rolled it in it. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was so good. And what people don't know too, when we talk about parking on this, this is a parking podcast too. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, parking there because parking's mm-hmm. a big thing, right? I don't like to pay for parking. Do you like sure. to pay for parking? I hate, I hate paying for parking. That's so the worst, right? <laughs> it is. I mean, it is but you know that there is a cost, regardless of whether you pay for it. I, I know this. Okay. I know this. But as a San Diego native, I'm like, I should know the city well enough that I can find that one free space. We'd be a know? better city if there was less free parking. Uh, yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, but if you go to the underground, underneath Brooklyn Girl, there's like parking for three dollars. It's it's super super cheap. So if you can't find anything on the street, they have a massive underground parking right there for three three bucks. Well, and I will say that I'm, you know, I mean, I'm kind of a stickler, not a stickler, but I just notice service when when service is good, mm-hmm. and it was very. They they know what they're doing in there service wise. Yeah. We went in unannounced, didn't have a reservation, and you know, yet and they just found us a place to sit, and our server was really great. I mean, it was just very. You can tell it's very well done, and there's a lot of thought put into the service. How was the noise level? That's the one thing that I was concerned about because first thing I said, like Rita asked me about it, and I go, eh. I don't think Rita and Fred are going to go there. I mean, I think they'd be annoyed by how loud it is. It's too and you loud. can tell they've tried. They're sound dampening stuff in the ceiling. You know, I'm looking around and see what I can see, but it's not enough. I bet they'll add more. Okay. Because there's certain parts, it's like a pockety kind of restaurant. You know, if you sit in this pocket or that pocket, it's different. And they have some of those large communal tables. And Jenner and I were just, the two of us had a tiny two top so we could hear each other. But we were looking around, like if we were sitting at that big old table over there, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is, a, basically, it's a shared plate Italian food. And um, like, they kind of do their version. It's in between like Rome and uh, Neapolitano pizza. Um, they kind of like uh, came up with their own configuration. They're like, it's somewhere good, in that yeah. realm. You know, they're like, so it's it's basically the kind of pastas that you would have gotten to trust. You know, or the, the kind of pastas you would have gotten to Four Oak, which have been notoriously good. Yeah, so that's it. Was it. Yummy. it was yummy. It was, it was good. really <laughs> yummy. Yeah, it was re- I mean, it's expensive, but it was yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, what else, David? So we have a new ramen spot opening up in Crown Point, or I'm sorry, it just opened, called uh, Woko Ramen and Yakitori. It's the second location for this ramen restaurant, ran by Chris Kariker. Or is it Kariker? I think it's Carriker. Carriker, who actually just won an episode of Chopped recently. One standout menu item is the blackout ramen, which is a squid ink noodles in a broth mm. with charcoal and squid ink. That is a lot of squid, and I want to eat it. Yum. Interesting. Alex, you like ramen? I love ramen. Absolutely. Have you ever seen anybody like go to ramen and eat the noodles and, not, and leave the broth? I, saw, yeah. see, I see this all the time. I leave the noodles. I'm like, what? what? The, like, the broth is everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's a what? It's like buying a house and sleeping in the garage. You know what I mean? It's like, you got it. That's, a, that's the dumbest thing ever. I actually order my noodles on the side so that I can dip them in and they don't absorb all of the liquid. And that way, if I want to take any leftovers home with me, I then have them separated. Makes for much easier reheat. A po- a potassium car- carbonate with the noodles. The, you know why noodles are yellow? Why? It's because they're acidified. Um, or alkaline, sorry. They're alkaline. So if you add um, uh, sodium, I think it's um, potassium carbonate, um, you add like these salts basically mm-hmm. um, into your water, you acidify the pH. Um, regular pH is 7.0. It acidifies it up to nine. And when you, when you get it up to nine, you release all kinds of yellow pigments, you know, in the flour, you know, so that's why it turns, it turns it yellow. And the most important part of, of a broth of ramen is that oil on top. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen, like you do the flavored oil. The chili oil. Yeah, or any kind of oil. Like they do garlic flavored oil, whatever it is. So you go into that broth and then when every, every spoonful that you pull back up is getting coated with that like nice silky texture, you know, ugh. And I would trust David on how to prepare my meal any day. You should see David make his lunch in the office. <laughs> He's very like, 
particular, like about reheating techniques and things have containers and special trays and like he knows how to <laughs> set up a it's bad meal. I go, into, I go into detail, but I don't want anyone to stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> no, it's great. I always learn things. I think, wow, you really wow. thought that out, man. How to reheat that? Do you alphabetize your ingredients? What do you? Are you ever oh, you know that it. Level? No, I actually. So I do things where I take the vegetables and I won't reheat them in the microwave, and I take hot water from the coffee thing and soak them in that. So that they heat up that way instead of microwaving the vegetables. And then I drain that, then put the veggies in with my bowl of pho, and then mix all together. It's a whole operation. You should see it. David's a cook. He's a teach cooking. Well, like when Karen brings in the extra tater toss on Wednesday morning, David reheats them on foil so they get crispy again. Absolutely. I don't microwave them. It's very, very good. Okay. News from La Mesa. Sorry, everyone. News from La Mesa. O'Leary Coltera just opened in Grossmont Center. The vegan Mexican food is from the founder of Chicano Soul Food, who we had on podcast in December. Super, super awesome guy and brought some of my favorite tacos we've had. Mm-hmm. But so super cool, interesting addition to Mall Food Court. And La Mesa continuing to be um, just getting a lot more cool stuff. Because, yeah. you know, you can't afford to live in San Diego anymore. Some people moving out east and you can't afford to live in La Mesa anymore, actually. I was going <laughs> to say, La Mesa is not affordable. <laughs> Um, okay, and then we have a big deal chef coming to San Diego to cook um, a series at the Hotel Del. Yes, Jose Luis Inostroza, who worked at Noma in Copenhagen and is now the chef of Arca in Tulum, Mexico, will be here on March 2nd cooking a special dinner with Chef Jojo Ruiz. Should be delicious. Chef Jose did Noma's pop-up in Tulum, which people paid $600 Holy for. Holy smokes. And it sold out in three hours. Whew. Who hasn't cooked at Noma anymore? I, 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 think, I think now at this point, I feel like, like the guy at Arby who's like, jumped, been, he's like, I staged at Noma. It's jumped the shark a little, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Noma, if you don't know it, in Copenhagen, is one of the best restaurants in the world, has been rated one of the best restaurants in the world. And it's an amazing, amazing concept. Uh, Rene Redzepi, you know, is... It's like the El Bulli of the last couple of years, yeah. right? Or the... And it was just, it was a foraging restaurant, right? They took like these really oh, unsexy yeah, yeah, yeah. Denmarkian ingredients and they, and they, they did, like, we're just going to shop for whatever is, grows around here, even if it may, may not sound good there and was a chef's table on that right mm-hmm. wasn't there a chef's nice. table episode and his cookbook is amazing i use it like all the time it's unbelievable nice really? you're, yeah. see you're even you cook the normal yeah is it weird <laughs> is it a foraging kind of a cookbook or just regular it's cookbook? all about fermentation it's oh. a complete art of fermentation i mean it goes through i mean it's a 400 page and encyclopedia it's fascinating what what they've done there so i mean they are basically a, a food lab it's pretty cool. Yeah, and that fermentation obviously is how do you make anything good? Coffee, yeah. chocolate, <laughs> beer, bread. You know, I mean, any, hmm. it, once you ferment something, it just takes on this magical, awesome, drunk um, capacity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if you guys want to know more about that or you want to book your tickets, um, we are going to link to everything. We put up a post for every episode uh, at sandiegomagazine.com of this show, and we link to all the stuff that we talk about. Uh, we take notes throughout the show, too, so even random stuff that gets added in, we get we link it um, on the site so you guys can find out about it. And just an FYI, we were talking a little bit about Mexico. Uh, the current San Diego Magazine that's out, it's on newsstands. If you don't already get a subscription to it, please get a subscription. It's so much easier. It just comes a week early to your mailbox. But if you don't already, like Whole Foods, Sprouts, Target, Vons, Ralph's, all those places have it around town. And the whole issue is devoted to Mexico. Uh, Marie and Aaron Meanly uh, kind of ran this issue. And I mean, they sent, I think they did nine trips to Mexico or something like that between the, the staff. And um, it's just a really great in-depth guide to all kinds of great places to eat and travel and shop and see in Mexico. So, uh, okay, we are moving on, you guys. We have a great special guest, Alex Pierce. 
Larson, I'm officially welcoming you now. Um, thanks so much for coming. You are the founder of Amplified Aleworks. Uh, I'll tell everyone a little bit about you in case people don't know. Uh, you got your start in the restaurant business, uh, opening a Middle Eastern place in 2009 called California Kebab. Um, and while running the restaurant, you started a brewery in kind of a classic story um, at home, brewing beer at home, and, and led you to found the brewery in Pacific Beach in 2012. In 2016, you moved production um, over to Mir over to Miramar, opened a tasting room, um, and then expanded from 300 barrels to 2,000 barrels. Wow. Uh, and then in 2018, opened a third location down in the East Village. Today, you're turning your attention to Lemon Grove, where you're going to open your third beer garden. That is very exciting. You started a WeFunder page to raise money for the new project, and you've already collected lots and lots of money. You're almost, you're more than halfway to your $300,000 goal. Welcome. Thanks for coming. What'd you bring yeah, us? Yeah, thanks looks, so much for having got, me. There's beer here that you guys are all sampling. Would you guys... Yeah, we Great. brought a, a couple beers to sample here. Uh, this first one is a hazy IPA, as what's become the most probably the most popular beer in, in San Diego. We all were a little late to uh, to the game. David's native home of uh, Vermont is the classic uh, inspiration for this kind of beer <laughs> style. Oh, is that um, really hazy IPAs or a Vermont thing? Yeah, Vermont was really kind of the founding place of it. It really became popular with Hetty Topper. Oh. Yeah, the Alchemist really kind of was the the first huh. guys to really foray into this style and. We here in San Diego stuck to our super bitter, super hoppy, really clear West Coast IPAs for a long time. And uh, we've slowly had like a really, you know, pretty big palate shift over to these still really largely hopped beers, but really low bitterness and focus on kind of these tropical flavors that meld well with a softer mouthfeel and a little bit of a smoother, smoother beer style. So. It's um, so funny how you, how quickly you guys in the craft beer industry get grow tired of something. You know, I hear I, know, like, I, I hear the even. fatigue in your voice, like, oh, of course you're making a hazy IPA. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, but I love them. No, I I, I, I do too. I'm yeah. I'm I'm all in on them. Um, you know, there's a little resistance just from kind of the way you learn to brew, um, and it's a completely different process with making these beers but um no i i think they're totally fantastic and you know the science behind them and, and the bio transformation that you're really getting from the yeast working with the hops during uh during fermentation um is really a whole new process that we're still learning a lot about and um yeah these beers are a ton of fun so um, and for somebody who doesn't really know what a hazy ipa one uh, you, you guys tell me what a hazy ipa is yeah so um really we're using a uh, a yeast strain that tends to be a lot less flocculent so it's creating a lot more yeast material in the uh in the beer itself but that that yeast is binding with some of the hop particulates so it's helping create some of that haze but it's really holding in suspension a lot of the the hop character that, that you can taste in these beers so like i said they're very highly hopped but it's a much later stage and rather than adding a lot of these hops during the boil which is when you get the bitterness out of them um, these hops are being added at the end of uh, at the end of production of the beer so you're getting a lot of hop flavor and a lot of more of this kind of tropical focus rather than just you know pine and kind of resin and, and strong bitterness which is what you saw i would say maybe 10 years ago in in san diego beers mm -hmm. so and what's happened with uh we've had such kind of a a quick feedback cycle with the hop growers that they've really focused on these hops that have a lot more of this tropical flavor aspect to them. Now, for instance, in this beer that we're tasting here, uh, this is called our Modern History IPA with local band Modern History. They just released an album uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we did a, a little showcase and party with them. But uh, we've got a hop called Sultana, which is uh, just a couple years old. Mosaic, which has kind of been the darling of uh, new hops for probably about five to seven years now. 
and another hop uh, that we just received this year called Zappa, which is actually controlled by Frank Zappa's family. I was going to um, say, does so, it speak nonsense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, with a hazy yeah. beer, do you find that, how much more expensive is it to brew a barrel of a hazy IPA compared to, let's say, a lager with it having so many more hops going into it and the price of those basically skyrocketing over the oh, last couple years. Oh, it's a crazy years. amount higher. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, virtually all the cost of our production of the beer is is the hops in, in these guys. I mean, we we put 77 pounds in a 15-barrel batch, and these cost anywhere from almost 15 to $20 a pound. So, you know. So do you have to raise your, the price of your beer astronomically for yeah, you? Um, you know, so these are these are eight dollar pints these days for us at, okay. at our pubs. Um, yeah. They're pushing the higher end of, of what we're charging on beers. Um, loggers on the other end, they do take longer, so you got to kind of factor in your tank time when you're mm. when you're considering those. But um, yeah, generally speaking, these beers um, are definitely getting a little pricier. The West Coast IPAs are probably. You know, we're doing three pounds per barrel, whereas these guys were, were pushing up to five, even six pounds per barrel on some of them. Oh, well. So, yeah, they're, they're costing it, a little bit. But. It would seem like you have a very highly educated consumer base, though. I'd imagine a lot of people kind of are like, no, I know that costs more because you have to put more hops yeah, in. Yeah, and, and that's what's been amazing is, I mean, this beer in particular, we released this last a week ago last Thursday, so 10 days ago. And this is the last keg. We have the last kegs on right now. So, awesome. I mean, we're flying through these beers. So they, uh, yeah, I think people get it and they know that they're paying a premium, but they're willing to do so for quality products. So. so talk about the, before we talk about the new location, the East Village location, yeah. which uh, it's really kind of cool to see you guys go into that spot. It was the coffee shop there that was, uh, yeah, it was, was Halcyon it? and still a public house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That, when it oh, way over there. Yeah. By Frontline Park. Yep, exactly. Got we're it. we're okay. on the far end over there. But um yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. So we moved in there in August of twenty eighteen. So it's been about a year and a half. You know, moving over there definitely came with its challenges. I mean, that park the prior year had basically, you know, been the epicenter of the hepatitis outbreak in that neighborhood. Um, not that I really want to remind people about that, yeah. but <laughs> I hope you know um, the beer after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we uh, we loused the whole neighborhood down and really, uh, you know. This is sure. my favorite part of a podcast when his partner <laughs> yeah, is public, behind yeah. him going, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> There's other people in the room when we record yeah. this. We do it in our conference room. So people bring friends, publicists, partners. We got people. our first dog. Yeah, we yeah. have a dog in the room right yep. now. Yeah, she, she does her PR for us over here. So she's like. <laughs> <laughs> she is but, red um, as an apple right now. That's okay. But yeah, no, but I mean, the turnaround in that neighborhood in just the year and a half mm-hmm. that we've been down there has been really unbelievable. Um, the second Pinnacle Tower, uh, we refer to them as ketchup and mustard. Um, I think most people <laughs> would, would know what I'm talking about if you ever drive the five freeway past downtown. Yeah. But, so, um, I mean, I, I have so many questions. I mean, are those buildings full? Are people streaming in and out of those big, tall so, buildings? Like, who is living there? Who are those yeah. people? Where do they work? What do they do? What do they order? I need the, to know. The yellow, the yellow Tower has been there for three years now. Do you um, know? everybody is it like we, a thing there, yeah there's 500 units and there's like probably 400 of them are full and the other 100 are probably air are airbnbs okay so it's actually great during uh you know as we get into like warmer weather we get it i mean it virtually acts as a hotel and we're like the bottom restaurant to this hotel got so, it um it's a lot of fun actually and then the second tower ketchup 
uh, just opened in October. Mm-hmm. So it's leasing up right now. And um, how about sauerkraut? Is it open yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, pickle relish. We're, we're, we're waiting on relish. <laughs> um, do you, so are they your regulars and stuff? Do you feel like you have yeah, kind of a community? Over absolutely. There? Okay. We're, we're definitely building a community and that's, that's what was so exciting about moving into that location is for us, we've been in PB since 2012 and we've really kind of cre- built a community in that space mm-hmm. where, you know, we've focused on big communal picnic tables, outdoor seating, right. being family friendly and dog friendly. And so to move into a space that had virtually the exact same aesthetic where we could kind of start to build that community um, has been a lot of fun. And we've, we've really, I think are coming into our own in terms of developing that. So are they um, like young professionals? Are they like traveling people from out of town? I mean, everybody is like a social media expert that works from home (laughs) somehow can afford $4,000 a month rent. I don't fully get it. I know I go down there and I go, who are these people? What do they do? Where do they work? They all have two dogs. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, do you shake your fist? Yes. I love them. Like, who are these people? If you see a blonde haired woman down there, (laughs) it's me. <laughs> I just I do I have to restrain myself from going up but to people like so is. tell me what you do where do you come from no it's fascinating I, I do that to virtually all of our regulars <laughs> I'm like so how where do you why do you live here what, yes. what's up it's and it, it's a ton of people from out of town I I think I've met more people that have moved down here from the Bay Area yeah um, that are like oh it's so cheap here <laughs> you're like okay well so that, this is who's pricing us out of these places but um, that is but, so true but it's true we market ourselves that way there's a lot yeah, of people that market the city like that it's way I just cheaper saw than the, the Bay Area like, online we were doing that yesterday where yeah. it's like say no to winter and they're trying to get people to move to San Diego um, yeah. but uh, yeah no it's it's been a lot of fun I mean there's I think probably a half a dozen other buildings that have opened up in the last two years within a couple of blocks of us. Mm-hmm. So it is a young community, but um, it's, it's awesome. a really I, yeah. cool place to kind of help define what the neighborhood is about and to be kind of one of those, you know, early adopters in that of that neighborhood and kind of define what, what East Village is going to become. So, um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. And the space itself is beautiful. You know, it was only four years old when we walked into it. So we got really lucky in terms of uh, the infrastructure and the bones of the place. And Do you serve food so, there? Yeah, we do. We have full kitchen. We actually are open uh, every day at 8 a.m. We serve coffee in the mornings. Mm. Do you uh, have we wings? We actually have our coffee featured <laughs> in here. We do not have wings. Okay, somebody um, told me that something we, at Amplified Ale Works So we did. We had, did. we had wings for that's, football season. That's it was like was. A, a, yeah, just a, a, a thing. thing for okay. a little bit. Because somebody have a, told me my list yeah. sucked because Amplified wasn't in there or something oh, really? like that. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. And it, it hurt. A lot hurt, of opinions it, about wings. Yeah. Maybe we should bring the wings back then. Yeah, we could do them. <laughs> they were fun. We did like a pomegranate fish sauce and then a um, mm. lemon habanero. We had some, some, you know, we're trying to keep it in our Mediterranean theme. and But... Yeah, it was it was fun, but yeah, we the space itself again we, was amazing. So yeah, we we inherited um, a wood fired oven, so we do pizzas. We still do our donor kebabs, which we've always done at our at our main location in PB. And uh, again, we also because of the space that we took over, um, we have an espresso machine, so we do full coffee service every morning, baked goods. We also have a full liquor license, so cocktail menu as well. Nice. So, cool. Uh, and how what's the most important thing? How hard is it right now? to operate as a craft beer business because we know that there's a glut 
Sure. You know, we yeah. know that there's, you know, you're no longer 10, 15 breweries in town. There's a couple hundred. Yep. You know, and we know that be- the craft beer consumption has gone down. Mm. Or it hasn't gone down, I don't think. I'm sorry. I think that this the overall growth has slowed. Gro- growth has slowed and overall beer consumption is down okay. slightly. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really hitting the big kind of macro cores and buds of the world. Gotcha. Um, I mean, we're still, you know knock on wood in a situation where we still can't make enough of our beer. Um, and we're still finding ourselves, you know, struggling with capacity issues rather Good than to having too much beer. So, okay. yeah, I think some people definitely overexpanded and I think where we see some of the, the glut is on the, the distribution and the sales side. I think there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's limited shelf space. Um, some of the big brewers out there, again, the Anheuser-Busch's um, and Coors of the world have consolidated these kind of quote unquote, you know, fake craft portfolios that, yeah, and, yeah, that can, they can really push those onto the, the retailers and the, and you know, the supermarkets. So that's where I think you're really getting crowded. I would be really nervous if I was like a, a widely distributed brewer that's trying to get space at bonds, you know, that's Mm -hmm. where I think the challenges are. But for some of us, like really small guys, I mean, we're 95% of our beer is sold through either our tasting room in Miramar, which we see right now, um, or our East village or our PB locations. So we do some select outside sales, but it's really more as marketing where it's like, we want to have a tap on at Hamilton's or Mm -hmm. Tornado or the better beer bars. So people yeah. see our names there, but beyond that, we're not really trying to put beer on shelves. Um, so good to hear. That's, so it's, it's healthy when yeah. you, it's in the taste room or a small brewery. Yeah. And okay. that's a concerted effort too. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we sell guest beer and I see how many sales reps are coming into our bar, trying to sell us beer at of one of our five or six guest taps. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sorry guys, if, if it's not hard kombucha, it's not selling. So <laughs> love you guys. But, um, you know, hard kombucha is selling pretty good. That's, huh? that's where the money's at right now. I think, you know, they're in seltzer. That's, those are the names <laughs> of the game right now. So, so how did you end up collaborating with motorhead? Um, Which for is, those of you that I don't know, know that Amplified Classic Bell Works oh. made the official beer for Motorhead. You know the song Ace of Spades? I don't think she does. I don't think no, I, I do. Yeah. Maybe I do. I'd and that's not a stain in her character. It no, is a stain in her character. I think a lot of people <laughs> listening are going, huh? Oh, no. Are you kidding? Motorhead is like what? A, what, do you, what would you call them? Not even a David, punk band. Like Rita, more if she knows what Motorhead is. Lots of people don't know. 80s speed metal, but a classic But if you saw a photo of their lead singer, Lemmy, you'd be like, oh, he's, yeah, I know he's a famous guy. Like he's a human umlaut. Yeah. Got it. So how did how did that start? You know, it's it's not that interesting of a story, really. <laughs> um, basically, I got what looked like a junk email that came across my inbox, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll respond to this just for fun. And it was this guy that's like, hey, I've been to your place. I love it. I work in music. I'm a licensing guy out of London. Um, I've got a whole list of bands, but I think uh, it'd be great if you did a, a Motorhead beer with us. And... Um, and so I gave him a call and he's like, okay, well, my boss is going to be in LA next week. Why don't you uh, head up to LA and, and meet with him? We met at a fairly like, you know, famous Hollywood hotel and we sit down. The and Roosevelt. He's, this, he's no, I'm blanking on the name of it. But anyways, we're sitting there and, and this guy Barry's just telling me about his life story and all these things that he's done. And I'm, 
I'm paying attention to him, but I'm slightly distracted because Bob Dylan's walking behind him and just like kind of like looks lost. He keeps like when has Bob Dylan not ever looked lost? Exactly. But I'm like, I think he might be genuinely lost. And then all of a sudden, he catches eyes with this guy Barry, and Barry looks up and he's like, "Oh, Bob!" And they start talking. They give a little hug. No way. That's what I'm like. Well, shit. Okay. Like, all right, this guy's the real deal. Like Bob Dylan knows who he is. Someone like that, yeah, like right. have a random celebrity walk behind me. So That's that a I can smart idea. <laughs> Bob Dylan look like, but um, so anyways, I was like, okay, this is a fantastic opportunity for us. We're this little brewery out of San Diego, and here these guys are willing to take a bet on us and, and do this project. And so, um, yeah, we went forward with it, and it was it was an amazing amazing experience. Um, we learned a lot from these guys on the licensing side and how kind of a lot of that process works. Um, ultimately we kind of put it to bed after about a year, probably just because of our size. Um, we weren't really, they wanted to distribute this beer nationally and it just wasn't something that was necessarily in the cards for us. Yeah. Especially as like I just said, we're starting to see this kind of big glut of a beer out there and taking the risk to bet on something like that was a little out of, uh, out of our infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. So we, we pulled back a little bit and left yeah. on good terms and kind of said, okay, let's hopefully circle back to this, you know, down the road when we are a little bit bigger and can like fully, you know, vest the idea. And now we're, we're doing a ton of collaborations with, with smaller bands, like these guys, Modern History, um, this record release party, they sold out at Music Box a couple of weeks ago with 800 people. Uh, we did the same thing the year before with Electric Mud, Low Volts, the Bomb Pops. We've, we've been working with probably about a dozen bands over the last few years, so. I've heard of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> what about the donkeys? You know anything with the donkeys yet? Uh, we've talked to the donkeys. Yeah, okay. that's uh, that's definitely somebody that's on our radar that we we want to do. They I were saw- a little out of our budget for our anniversary party last year, okay. but yeah. um, we're talking with them. Yeah, I, I, I was a music writer when they first just first started coming out, and I was like, oh my god, this band's gonna be good. And I haven't paid attention to music in ten years, but I hear they're really good now. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> awesome. They're okay. they're up in LA a lot you more. Can I think, so, these you can days, take a modicum of credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking any credit for that. I was just like, damn good. Tell us about the new location. What's going yeah. on there? What made you guys decide to to go out to the East County area? So kind of how it was mentioned earlier, like La Mesa's become a thing over the last few years and is, is growing leaps and bounds. We've been looking for kind of a neighborhood to kind of continue to, to focus on these community spots where we can kind of grow with the neighborhood. And um, Lemon Grove just seemed like a place that's just been overlooked for so long. And I remember as a kid getting my birthday cakes from uh, Lemon Grove Bakery and when I saw it up for sale, I kind of was like, okay. I looked into the history of it. It was a hundred year old building. It was the general store for the neighborhood for years, a bakery for 40 years, literally has the town mural on the wall. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with the idea of what we could do with that space. And um, because it was a bakery, it's built out fairly well for what our purposes are for uh, being a brewery. And the city's working with us to allow us to take out some parking um, to build out a beer garden and a little music venue there. So we're super pumped on, on the opportunity. Like you mentioned, we are small, we're an independent company. So to kind of get us to that next step, we are raising equity, uh, via a website called WeFunder. So people are, it's not like a GoFundMe or Kickstarter where you're throwing money at something and hope to get a t-shirt back. This is like an actual investment. You're going to get a K1 report. Like this is a, a true SEC regulated so investment. Yeah. Nice. But you can invest as little as $500. So this is the whole 
crowdfunding uh, law that passed in 2016 to make it so anybody can invest. You don't have to be an accredited investor and have a million dollars. And so it's an awesome way to kind of democratize the idea of people being able to back businesses that they feel passionate about or even just think are a good or good business plan. So, um, yeah, we've raised, I think we're at $169,000 last I looked. Um, and that's in like a week or so. Right? Yeah, we've been up for 10 days. So, um, we've got till April 30th to raise up to th- or raise our $300,000 goal. Um, so I'm feeling pretty confident about it. We still obviously have a little ways to go. That's awesome. Yeah. You launch yes. a page like that and you get $169,000 in right. 10 days. Did you expect that much? I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> it was like right. a complete roll of the dice and yeah. close my eyes and see see what comes. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to to see all the encouragement. It's been great to see people that have been coming to our place for since 2012 in PB and love our brand and want to support it. And it's been on the other side, it's been amazing to see people that live in Lemon Grove and have never heard of us, but are excited that we're just trying to move into that neighborhood mm-hmm. and help, help redevelop it. Yeah. So And a music um, space too, if I place for yeah, bands. Yeah. Nice. So, um, and we, we now have a, a music venue at our PB location as well as um, at our East Village. So it's really kind of really bringing the brand together in terms of what we're trying to do, helping promote local bands, support them, give them, you know, additional marketing outlet through kind of the, some of these can releases and uh, yeah, just being an advocate for the local music scene. So, can we have concerts in the park at Fault Line Park? We're working on that right now. That um, would be so cool. Yeah. We're hoping to do one for our anniversary party in November. Um, we've got a lot of hoops to jump through between now and then, but uh, it's definitely in the works. So cool. Yeah. Um, do we need to talk about Valentine's Day? Anyone tips? I mean, honestly, I think it should be National Cook at Home Day. You know, I mean, I, I no, no, I mean, yeah. I, look, restaurants. Gordon Ramsay rest- said it's amateur night, the worst night, worst day of the year to go out. Why is that? Just because it's pre canned food and bad service and it's no, just crowded. No, or it, what, limits, it limits the kitchen for sure. Right. You know what I mean? They're so slammed and they're, you know, that they have to do like almost like a pre-fee, t- pre-fee prefix ty- type of uh, presentation. It they're always like, feels like they made the food on Tuesday, right? Well, they have to. I mean, you just got to prepare for that onslaught of people, right? And you got to get them in and out and it's a big day for restaurants and they're going to be slammed and, and restaurants need big days. You know, I mean, it's a right. hard industry to work in these days and I, I don't want people to stop going out to restaurants, but for me personally, uh, there's no way. I mean, I love my <laughs> wife so much. I mean, it should be like, hey, let's open up the Nomo cookbook and let's see we see let's let's ruin a recipe together you know that's love alex who interned there will come cook it for you (laughs) i don't know though what if you cook every night all night for your family and you want to go out Mm, i really do you want to here's the thing for me it's it's that like i don't know but you go out all the time that's what i'm saying is you have a jaded perspective yeah this is true i did want to be home i didn't want to be home some people are home all the time and they love an excuse to go out Okay, I'll shut up over here. You, why don't you just talk? <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad. These restaurants, you know, people. I say go down know. to Catalina Offshore, get a nice piece of locally raised fish, and cook at home. Mm-hmm. That way you're supporting right. locally and you're eating something delicious that shows you care. Or I say go out the night before. If you do want to go out and treat yourself to mm-hmm. a nice meal that you don't have to cook, go the night before because you'll probably get a little better quality and right. a little better service. Or yeah. go the night after. And they, well, they, here's the thing. I mean, if you're really trying to have a romantic night out, how do you have a romantic night out with 350 different people unless you grew up in the 1960s and you're in flop houses? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it, there's, there's there's such a crowd. It's such a crush that there's nothing romantic to me about that. It's like yes. you know, a romantic night out is, you know, either like at dinner at home with candle, candles and, and, you know, and locally sourced seafood, like you said, you know, or, you know, it's like at a park or like a little place that you it's only yours. You know, like you find that little like bistro and you're like, hey, there's our little table, man. Like nobody's really here. Like that's romantic. 
romantic. You know, being crowded into a barrel with 17,000 people for, you know, trying as hard as they can to be as romantic as possible. Otherwise, they're going to get a divorce. You know, it doesn't sound like (laughs) a great idea. Okay. That settles it. There you go. Um, No, it's probably good advice. I mean, I just, and especially because you're going to spend your whole budget going out that night and it's not going to be the best quality that you're going to get. Then you're gonna get drunk, and you talk about how you didn't do the dishes. I mean, oh <laughs> lord! Okay, right. okay. Um, we are just about at the end of the show. Alex, hang around. Tell us where you like to go. But that's not one of your restaurants. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have to remind everybody though that if you do love this podcast and enjoy Troy's advice, and <laughs> his, his, that's debatable his for his sure. Bad advice uh-huh. in dating. Yeah, absolutely. I love my wife. Um, please do subscribe to San Diego Magazine. That's a great way that you can support the show and make sure that we can keep on doing it. SDMag.com slash subscribe is where you can go do that. SDMag.com slash insiders is where you can become an insider. Um, it takes a lot of us here at the company to put this show together. Big shout out to Marie Tetko. Um, I don't think I did that at Big the top shout part out. of the She's show. The best. She's the best. Um, and now we are on to two people, 50 bucks. This is where we end our show, where we actually eat and drink. Um, Alex, why don't you start us off? Where two people fifty bucks to spend doesn't really have to include drinks, but where where do you go? Okay. That's not one of your spots. Um, well, my regular spot is actually run by um, a Noma alum. <laughs> 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 Just to bring it full circle. Is it Arby's? Uh, she, <laughs> no, she, Chef Drew Ben over at Lola Fifty Five. Uh, I live two blocks away. My wife went to high school with them. We we just absolutely love the place. I mean, they get they get tons of love out there, but they really are are doing it right. Um, how how are they doing? Uh, that's that's a question for me. I, I've I, been in a while. I, I have well, I haven't been in a little while either. Drew Band's amazing, and I think that they got a beautiful space there. And you know, if, if for the price, it's yeah, it's un, it's one of the best values in town. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. It is very cheap. Um, and yeah, no, I think that that location, it's not you know, it's it's still a little challenging, but yeah. I think there's they're drawing it in, and I think. You know, I live two blocks away. I think there's plenty of us that live in that neighborhood now that nice. um, are starting to frequent it. And because it, the pricing is so reasonable, it's a place we can go a couple nights a week and, awesome. uh, you know, not break the bank. Exactly. But, um, yep. but another place I w- wanted to shout out is just with uh, the Mexico coverage as well. Um, Tahona is a spot in, in Old Town that I absolutely love. Mm. Um, I was down in Oaxaca a few years ago and I like completely fell in love with the food and, and everything about it. And so... Um, going to a place that has a great mezcal selection and, and awesome food is uh, that's kind of our, our date night these days. So, I mean, that's a way you can see Old Town too and, and keep it like yeah. modern. You know, yeah, not exactly. Don't feel like you're cool. going to the place that's been there for 50 years and, and 17, serving the same food. Yeah, and, 17 gallon margaritas. Yeah, exactly. You know, with a mari- mariachi band in mariachi band, mariachi <laughs> band in the margarita. You know, like I mean, it's just like it's sometimes I'm like, come on, you guys, how much kitsch do we need? Tahona is really like modern, cool, and that mezcal tasting. Holy crap! And I like mezcal, but some if you don't like mezcal, they have mezcals that you will love. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, just like smooth, easy, drinkable. It doesn't have as much smokiness as you're used to with mezcal. You know, I mean, so even if you're averse at smoke, go down there; they'll change your mind. Have you been to the speakeasy in the back? I haven't been. A culto? No, I haven't. That's the speakeasy in the back of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sorry. That's okay. That was just off yeah. mic. I'm like, yeah. a culto. Troy's lost it. We just as a reminder, I think I said this at the top of the show, but we will put up a post at SanDiegoMagazine.com and link to all of these places. So if you guys haven't heard of them yet and want to find them, um, they will be up on the website. How about you, David? Two people, fifty bucks. So uh, Ska Bar in Normal Heights, which is that new place that opened up. It's actually, I think, the largest square footage restaurant on uh, Adams Avenue. I went and checked that place out. They have an amazing selection of Japanese whiskey. 
whiskeys and different Japanese whiskey cocktails. But so I got the uh, Asian marinated ribeye, which was fine in its out, uh, own. Uh, had a roasted garlic sauce on it, but the part of it that really shined was they had these wasabi mashed potatoes Ooh. that were like uh, out of this world. I would go uh, back just to order mashed potatoes uh, and another whiskey cocktail. But so go check out Scabra. How about you, Troy? Nice. Um, this is where I'm going to get into one of the one of the final contenders of the best bidia in San Diego. I went down to Chula Vista, and Chula Vista you can find. I mean, God, there's so many great places down there. I mean, it's a, it's one of the epicenters of our you know um, Latin culture. You know, a lot of Mexican Americans uh, live down there, work down there, and so you you go to this little place um, called um, Bire, I'm going to mess this up. Birria y Menudaria, um, Guadalajara. Okay. So Birria and Menudo, Guadalajara. It is, I, I'd heard about this place. I, it was like one of those that you have to go to. And they do a goat birria. Now, goat is the original way to do birria because I, I think I've mentioned this on a podcast before and in, on the feed, the blog, the goats overran Mexico. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they became pests and they were eating all the, the, the natives' food. So what do you do when something eats your food and takes food out of your, your family's mouth? You, you cook that animal, you know, and you make stew out of that animal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's they do a goat birria chivo is the name uh, you know in Spanish, um, but goat is so much better in these kinds of stews because the stews themselves they just, they're based in adobo sauce and adobo is very flavorful and if you just have beef which doesn't have a big enough flavor to like, stand up to all those spices if you put a goat or lamb in there it's awesome it sings with those spices and that that chivo birria is delicious mm. it is one of the best things that i've eaten in this journey now i'm on to like i've been to 12 places fantastic a few more to come and then uh everybody check the website i think probably tomorrow <laughs> there there will be your pick for the top one yes. and then links to all the different ones that you tried i know a lot of people are following along on that all right you guys that's it for us um i'm going to give you our phone number here in case you want to leave us your own two people 50 bucks that's 619-744-0535 619-744-0535 thanks Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you.